We are in a series called Closer. And what we're talking about is the fact that Jesus gives us a call. And the call is very simple to understand, very hard to do. And that call is to follow me. And we've talked about this over the last few weeks. If you've ever followed someone that's hard to follow, maybe you're driving behind someone and they go too slow, which is usually what they do when I follow, everybody's too slow. Um, uh, or they just drive erratically, which is like, if you were to follow me. Uh, and so uh, you, you, this whole idea of following really depends on the person leading, right? And so what we've been talking about is all the different ways Christ has called us to follow. And I just want to plug last week's sermon for anyone who um, has maybe considered coming back to church or coming back to Jesus or coming back to the Bible. Maybe you left for whatever reason. Um, I'd love for you to listen to that message um, because I think I give a pretty compelling reason why it's safe to come back. So uh, I'd love to have you hear that. But I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship where you wanted it to go to the next level, but you weren't quite sure they wanted it to go to the next level, okay? I'm not just talking about dating. This could be anything. This could be like maybe you're a parent and you really want to have a closer relationship with one of your kids and, and they're just like, uh, you're lame, you know, okay, boomer, whatever they say nowadays. Uh, they're, they're, they're not that, that into it. Or maybe you're a grandparent and, uh, and, you know, you'd really like to be with your grandkids, but they don't understand you and they, don't under they think you're just old and don't understand anything and you're like, okay, whatever. So uh, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a friendship. Maybe you found someone that you think, man, this person's a really cool friend, and they just have lots of friends, and you only have two. And you're like, man, I really want to spend time with you. And they're like, sorry, I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really busy. So I have three children, all adults. My son, Jesse, will be graduating uh, from university uh, this April in cybersecurity and technology. Good luck finding a job. Uh, and so, yes, that's, that's really great. For anyone who's known our story, <laughs> whew, okay, okay, here we go. So, I got that. I got another daughter in uh, Northern California, well, not Northern California, but Santa Barbara. She's a biology teacher, high school biology teacher in Carpinteria, and I have a daughter who's in, um, in uh, Korea. And so um, she's been, she teaches English in Korea, and now she speaks Korean. So anyhow, okay, there we go. Uh, yeah, anyhow, there we go. Okay, that means hello or goodbye, I guess. Well, I don't know. But anyway, I, it's taken me six years to learn Spanish, and I'm at the kindergarten level. So she learns Korean in two years, whatever. But here's the thing. You would think there are three words I love to hear from my kids. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And you probably think you can guess what those three words are, but I'll bet you can't. Because we would normally say, I love you, right? Now, those are the three words any parent longs to hear uh, um, from their kids, or I'm moving out. Any, those three <laughs> words... One or the other, what, what have you. So, so those, those are the three words you love to hear. But those aren't, those aren't even my, my, my words. They rank up there, but they're not, they're not it. Here are the three words I love to hear from my kids. Can we talk? Can we talk? And I am blessed that all my three kids either like to talk to me or are really good at faking like they like to talk to me. I'll take either one. 
I don't, I don't care, right? So I could talk to my son three, four times a day. <laughs> like, he's, he call, like he just say, hey, can we talk? Can we talk? And maybe he's going through something or, or, or uh, you know, he, he, he wants to, the answer for something. Or he wants money, which is also, uh, can we talk? So th- those are the three words I love to hear. It just so happens that those are three words that your heavenly father wants to hear. Can we talk? Now, just I want to give you a little heads up. A lot of what I'm going to tell you this morning or share with you this morning is super basic. This is like a very basic sermon. But, but I think it's vital and very important. I need to hear this as well. And I'm a professional Christian. Uh, but I needed to hear this this week. The idea that God wants to talk to you. That Jesus wants to commune with you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a couple verses in Revelation, which is at the very, if you're new to the Bible, it's the very end. If you start at the maps and go left, you'll hit Revelation. If you're using a physical Bible in the app, it's, it's just the, fi- it's the final book. And, and basically, Revelation is um, a prophecy of what the end times is going to look like. And you can read all sorts of books and watch all sorts of movies and get frightened and do whatever you want with Revelation. And, and those are all important. And smart people have figured out, you know, all the future. So, but what I am mostly concerned about in Revelation is the letters he writes to the churches. The letters where he says to these seven different churches, hey, what? I, I appreciate this. Watch out for this. I appreciate this. Watch out for this. I appreciate this. Watch out for this. Because that's every relationship I'm in. I talk about, okay, hey, this is going great. Let's work on this. This is going great. Let's work on this, okay? And so this is what happens. And so what I want to do is read uh, a little section, very famous of Revelation, of uh, uh, something he wants to say to the churches. And he starts out like this. It's very brutal in the beginning. He says, you know, you think you're rich and you have it all together and everything's fine. But you don't realize that you're naked, wretched, and poor. So already you're like, wow, I don't know if I want to talk to God. I don't know if I want to hear from Jesus. I like a prayer life where I come to him when I want, how long I want. I say what I want. I ask for what I want. And then I'm out. And I chalk it up to I had a quiet time. But you didn't really have a quiet time because you were talking the whole time. And so he says this. He says, in, again, in Revelation, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Ouch. That doesn't sound like someone I want to talk to. So be earnest and make sure there's nothing between us when we talk. Make sure that when we communicate, there isn't something, the elephant in the room of your sin, right? So what happens, what, what, what Jesus is saying to this church, this particular church is, hey, I'd really like to have a conversation with you so that you can follow me in the way that I'm calling you to follow me. And I have some things to say. 
If I were to just say, how many people want to hear from God? All of us would probably raise our hands. Like, yeah, I want to hear from God. I want to hear from God. I want to hear from God. But do we? (laughs) Do we? Because if we're following, and he says we're making a left, and we're like, yeah, but it's really cool making a right. If you just look down there, it's really good. Please just make a right. Just make it right. No, no, no. We're making a left, right? So here's what he says. This is the famous part. Here I am, Jesus is saying. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, here's the key, hears my voice. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. How do we hear the voice of God? And for some of you, maybe you've been a Christian for a very, very long time. This, the information in here will not be new to you. You'll, you'll understand it all. You'll go, yeah, I knew that already. My hope is that it'll be a reminder of maybe making a couple little shifts in our relationship with Jesus that we've come more in a posture of listening than in a posture of talking. So we're going to look at this, and then we're going to look at an Old Testament, someone who was listening and what happened in their lives. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and then responds to me, I'm going to come in and I'm going to shame you and tell you everything you've done wrong all week long. No. I'm going to come in and make sure you understand that I am God and you are not. Maybe it might be part of it. Remember, we just read that those who he, who he loves, he rebukes and he disciplines. We get that. But here's the heart of God. I will come in and eat with that person. There's going to be a conversation. There's going to be an event between me and Jesus. And they with me. This is what the Lord wants for this relationship. That you would share your heart with him and that he would speak to you. Now, for some of you who are new to the Bible, new to, you're just trying to figure out what, you know, what does this all mean? And so what I'm hoping to do at, towards the end is give you some really practical examples. If you've never heard from God or you're like, I'd like to, but I'm scared or whatever, there'll be some very, very practical ways to hear from God and then to remove things that get in the way of hearing from God. So hopefully that's what we'll do. Well, we're going to switch to 1 Samuel, and 1 Samuel was uh, one of the first books I would read to my kids at night before they'd go to bed. And what I would do is I would transcribe it in my head while I was reading into the vernacular for a little kid. Because, you know, you start getting, reading the Bible, they, little kids don't know. So I'll go, hey. So I'll be reading this particular story. I'll be like, there was this little dude. And he was at church. And the pastor wasn't very good at all. But he felt a call from God. And so this little dude, very, very tiny, like your age, this is what I would do, do to them to kind of make the Bible more applicable. It's basically what I do now. Okay, so here's what happens. This little boy, Samuel, his mom goes to the, goes to the temple and she's praying. She's, she doesn't have any kids. And we've talked about this over the different weeks on different topics. This was very hard in this culture to not be able to bear children or to not have children. Having children was such a big part of their culture. And so she got there and, uh, 
And she was just mouthing words to God. And Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk. That she was just like talking to herself. He was actually projecting, but we'll get into that later. So e Eli was not a great priest. As a matter of fact, the Bible in the New, New International Version calls his sons scoundrels. <laughs> okay? I, I, haven't, I just am so happy to use that word. I've never used it. But scoundrels, like, like in the 30s, I think they used that word. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't take care of his kids. It was all about them. And so Hannah comes and she, she wants to have this baby and God gives her a baby, this baby Samuel, and she dedicates this baby to the Lord so much so that she basically gives the baby to, after the baby is weaned, she gives the baby to the temple to serve God for his life. And you got to read your Bible, you guys. Read the backstory to this and then read the story afterwards where uh, the Philistines steal the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, it's so good. Okay, but we can't, we don't have time for that. So, uh, Samuel would go, and every year, Hannah would make um, him a little robe, isn't this? Like, and she'd go for her annual sacrifice with her husband, and she'd have a new robe for, for Samuel. So at this point that we see Samuel, he's, 11, he's about 11 years old. And so you can picture her, the mom coming, you know, trying to figure out how big of a robe to make her 11-year-old and, you know, kind of getting there. And she loves her son and she's like, here it is. And she's Jewish. So she's probably like, you know, you're not eating enough. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. For those of you who are Jewish, that was bad, I, my, my bad. But, but right, so she's just a Jewish mom. Like any mom, she would just be like, man, are you okay, or whatever. So Samuel's in this situation. And so Samuel, the boy Samuel, ministered before the Lord under Eli. So he had no example of what a godly person would be like ministering before the Lord. Like I said, Eli was not a good dude. As a matter of fact, again, read the backstory and the story afterwards. Uh, how he dies, is, Eli, is awesome. But uh, God basically says, you know what? I promised that you, you and your descendants were going to be priests forever, but uh, I take it back. You guys are terrible, and I'm going to not only kill all of you, but everyone after you that's in the prime of their life, I'm killing them too, okay? So God had some choice words. In those days, this is very important, the word of the Lord was rare. God really wasn't speaking during those times. And there weren't many visions either. Oh, well, that's what it says. There, there were not many visions. And so, so here you have this almost barren time of God not speaking at all. And so Samuel's not going to know what that even looks like. If he's going to grow up to be a prophet, he would not know what that looks like. And so, so the writer of uh, 1 Samuel writes this idea of like, hey, God was not talking or sharing visions at all. And so, uh, just a few more verses, Samuel is lying down in the temple, and they light these lamps, and you can imagine Samuel every day making sure there's oil in the lamp, making sure that uh, everything's ready for the sacrifice. You know, he's just kind of running around doing what an 11-year-old would do. 11 years old, by the way, are formative, formative years. Sometimes when I'm 
working with people through issues in their current lives, we can just go back to being 11 and we could probably get to the root of most of it. And so 11 is a, is a, is a big deal. And so there he is. And the lamp, the lamp that he had lit, in, that he had lit in that in the sanctuary, had not gone out yet. So it's it's just getting to be dark enough, and he's go, getting ready for bed. Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. So basically, he's sleeping in the sanctuary. Okay, if you want to make it, you know, he works around here. Eleven years old, sleeps in the sanctuary. Now, here's what I want us to see. Samuel was just lying around. He wasn't doing anything special. He was just living life the way he knew how to live his life. Then the Lord called Samuel. Out of the blue. 11 years old. Never had this happen before. Didn't understand what was going on. God reaches out of eternity into this one day, this one moment in Samuel's life, this one moment in history, our creator, heavenly father, reaches out to Samuel and calls him. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Because Samuel would have had no other idea that it might have been God. It's one of the things I want you to just keep in the back of your mind for this week and the weeks moving forward. God might have been calling you for a long time. And you kept running back to the systems that you knew and you're like, that can't be God. That must have been the pizza with pastor I ate. I should have had the pepperoni, right? Or something like this nagging thing you can't get out of your mind. You need to get out of that relationship. You need to get out of that relationship. You need get, and so you run to your friends. Hey, what's going on? No, no, no. You shouldn't, you should stay there. Or you, do you want to, you know, die single, blah, 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 whatever, right? And so he runs to Eli, which is about what you'd expect, especially if you're 11. You're not thinking to yourself, that is God. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lied down. You'll see throughout this whole thing, I have no respect for Eli, but neither does the Bible. So that's good. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Second time. And Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Now go back and lie down. Now, listen to this. Now, Samuel had not yet, uh, did not yet know the Lord. He's just trying to figure this out. Some of you might be in this very uh, situation right now. You, you sense a call of God, maybe to step up kind of how you live out your salvation, or you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, and you just, it's just stirring, stirring, stirring. You're in good company. You're in, you're in company with one of the greatest prophets to ever walk the face of the earth. He's going through the same process you and I go through. Is that you, Lord? Is that you? What was that? I'm going to go talk to my friends. I'm going to talk to my spouse. I'm going to talk to whomever. He, had not, uh, he did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him yet. In other words, he wasn't tuned to that. So going back to my kids, 
Uh, and, and, and again, I'm sorry I'm giving you a, an example of being married and having kids. I realize we're not all in that context, but just hopefully you can follow with me. If you put a room full of 200 kids in a room, and one of my kids is in that room and everyone's talking, I can find my kid. I can hear my kid's voice, either any of the three. Now, one of them would have left the room and been running down the street. But that's not my point. My point is, had, he, had they stayed in the room, okay, I could pick out that, I could pick out that voice. Same with my girls. As a matter of fact, with my eldest, uh, Audrey, when she was little, I could, I could catch her ponytail in the side of my, It could be 100 girls all with ponytails. For some reason, I could see her ponytail. I don't know what it is. This is what it's like to hear the voice of the Lord. We become t- in tune to it. Here's the other thing. I speak to all my kids different, all three of them. Do I love them different? little bit, but I speak to them different, okay? The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And some of you might be in this, I don't know if it's God or not. You are in good company. That's okay. That's okay. A third time, (laughs) the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am. You call me. Then Eli realized, oh man, this might be God. This is how far Eli was from hearing God. It took Eli three times to realize it's the word of the Lord. Remember, the word of the Lord had been rare in those days, and there hadn't been very many visions. So Eli told Samuel, good for Eli, he finally gives one good piece of advice. Go lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there. We didn't see that the last two times or three times. So anytime you see a physical manifestation of God, like he stood there, uh, oftentimes we'll just make that Jesus. That it was a, that was part of Jesus's role was to be a physical manifestation. I don't know. It doesn't matter whether it's Jesus or God. It's the same God. I mean, but there he is right in front of Samuel standing there. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel says what I hope, whether you're just new to listening to the voice of the God or you've been a Christian for a long time and you already think you know what he's going to say before he says it. That's dangerous in relationships, is it not? Here's what he says. Speak for your servant is listening. Speak, for your servant is listening. Now, the reason I said this is very, very basic, but I needed to hear it, is because as I was preparing for this sermon, I was realizing just how much I don't do that. I do this. In other words, what, my, what I say in my quiet time is, I'm going to speak. I hope my God is listening, (laughs) right? You ever do that? Or is it just me? Okay, well, great, I'm fired. But speak for your servant is listening. Can you imagine what it would be like for the church? What it would be like in your own spiritual life if you approached your time with God 
in that posture. Not, oh, I got a whole bunch of stuff to bring this morning. I've got this, I've got that. Speak, for your servant is listening. So what I'm going to do now is make a little shift, talk about some things that um, are basic but are just really good reminders. How do we, in the 20th century, hear from God now? This was really cool for Samuel. He was in the temple, which you'd kind of expect God to speak in the temple, although he's not at all confined to that. But you'd think, okay, it was Old Testament. God spoke then in an audible way and did lots of stuff and, you know, earthquakes and things, all this kind of fire and all that, pillars of cloud, all these types of things. But what happens nowadays is today is the word of the Lord rare And are there not many visions? I'm going to give you just a few things to keep in mind as you go on through this week and in the weeks to come of how we hear from God. And again, if you just this morning decided you're going to become a follower of Jesus, you gave your life over to him, this applies to you. If you've been a Christian forever, this applies to you. Ways we hear from the Lord. Number one, number one, number one, before anything, it's from his word. We hear the voice of God through his word. His word, the Bible says, never returns null. It never returns void. It's always speaking. You say, John, I read a a thing in the Bible that was uh, 2,000 years old. We're in the 20th century. That can't possibly apply today, right? Well, the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow. And it's able, over infinity years, it's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word is the number one authority speaking into our lives. Not culture, not, hey, we found this out. Now we're going to do it this way. The word of God. Okay, that's number one. Number two, his spirit. The Bible says that the spirit is actually very involved. As a matter of fact, when you give your life to Christ and you say, okay, I'm done with my sin. I'm giving my life over to you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to spend eternity with you. As you begin that journey, the spirit of God is given to you right away. It's not something special that comes later. Now, there are manifestations of the Spirit that can come later, but the Spirit, you have access to the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God will bring into remembrance a lot of the things you read in the Word. So the Spirit just helps you navigate the the Word of God. So maybe the Spirit of God would talk to you like something like this. You say, God, I I am so nervous about um, my finances. And the Spirit of God will go, remember last time he provided? And you go, yeah, I guess he did. Oh, was there ever a time he didn't provide? Nah, there's never a time he doesn't. That's the Spirit of God working in your life. Okay? Spirit of God. Number three, his people. His people. So in other words, when I have an issue in my life that I need to get through, I will go to his word. I'll listen to the Spirit of God, and I will get wise counsel from his people. And now, I want you to understand, I get wise counsel from people who've only been a Christian for a week. I get wise counsel from people who've known the Lord for 40 years. 
because of the word, I can test what they say with the word, and I have a translation or input from the spirit, I can listen to almost anyone and learn anything from anyone. Because they have this access to the same word and spirit, if that makes sense. And so oftentimes you'll find out where you don't know. And so you go to believing friends who you think can hear the word of God very well. And you say, what you, am I off base here? And they'll work through. And God speaks through them. Do you know what the Bible says? You'll look at each other differently moving forward. To everyone, an appearance of the Holy Spirit has been given. So you're having a conversation with someone, they might just speak the word of God to you. It's exciting. Okay. His people. His creation. It says, since the beginning of time, his invisible attributes, everything you want to know about God has been known through what has been made. So his creation speaks boldly. I can see the God I follow is creative. I know that. I know he's resilient, right? I know that he's a God of order, and of, of systems that are integral of what's going on. I can learn so much just by experiencing his creation. Just by experiencing his creation. And then, fifthly, his plan. His plan. So, in other words, God opens doors and closes doors. And that's one of his ways of speaking. And so, we, you know, you say, God, I really want a spouse or I really want this relationship to work. And, and it doesn't work. The person ends up leaving and, or moving on or what have you. And you go, oh, man, well, God has spoken to you through his plan. That's not for you right now, maybe. So that's how God speaks. Well, in the 20th century, you think, well, that's kind of, that's a lot of speaking. <laughs> Why don't I hear him <laughs> as much as I should? Well, here's the next one. How to hear from God. Number one, maybe you're too distracted to hear. I have in my house, and I'm just going to give you a little bit real quick. I have Netflix. I've got Disney Plus. I've got Amazon Prime. I've got, you guys are adding this up in your mind. Like, he must be rich. Okay, I'm not. Uh, I have cable. Okay. I have access, I've got a, a, a phone that has games on it and alerts on it and things that tell me, oh, I got a private message from somebody and all these things. Maybe that's why I don't hear from God as much as I should. I'm too distracted. Maybe I'm too nervous about current events. And I spend all my time learning and learning about, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And God's like, I need to talk to you. And you're like, not now. I'm watching the news. Okay. <laughs> okay. Number two, pray bold prayers. You want to hear from God? Start praying bold prayers. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my anxious thoughts. And see if there's be any hurtful way in me. And then lead me. That's a bold prayer. <laughs> that is a bold prayer. But he answers those types of prayers. He speaks through those types of prayers. Lord, send me. Oh, that's a bold prayer. Because he will. He'll get you involved in maybe, maybe even in children's ministry. <laughs> bold prayer. Right? Maybe, 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 yeah, we'll get to it right here. Number three, don't rush. 
Don't rush. You ever been out to the meal with somebody? You've been with someone? He says, I'm, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, lets me in, we'll have a meal. And you're like, Jesus, I got something in the microwave. I'm out. You know, you just help yourself. Anything in the fridge is yours. I, gotta, I got stuff to do. Sometimes I'll hear from God at the end of my time with him. The end of a time of silence. Don't, don't rush. Don't rush. Just, Lord, here I am. Speak. I'm listening. What if you listened for 15 minutes? What if you listened for half an hour? What if you listened for an hour? I don't think I've ever, I made it an hour, I think, once. Number four, be honest. Be honest to God. Read Psalm 88 and see how tame the prayer of that psalmist is. It's not tame at all. You're struggling with something. You have something going on. You think something's unfair. Just be honest with him. Okay? So the, the, the prayers that protect God aren't real prayers. You don't need to protect him. He's heard it all. Right? Just be honest with him. God, I, you know, whatever. I don't want to get into it too much. Be honest. Number five, obey the last command. Right? You ever, you ever been with a kid? Clean your room. Hey, what are we having for dinner? I don't know. Dinner happens when the room's clean. Right? Well, okay. And then what are we doing tomorrow? I don't know. It depends on if your room is clean. Right? Do you love me? I love kids who clean their room. Right? I mean, whatever it is, obey the last command. If he told you to get out of a relationship or into a relationship or to get out of a job or to do something else and we don't do it, why would we want to hear anything else after that? Why would we expect that we would? Obey the last thing he told you. Then you can move on. And number six, get better friends. Just, just get better friends. Some, some people, sometimes I'm with Christians and I, they're like, ah, I prayed about it. I read my Bible and they both said no. And so then I talked to my friends and they were a real help. Really? Okay. Get, get better friends. Get friends who are in the word, who are in prayer, who are listening to the Holy Spirit, who have actually applied what the word of God says. As the worship band comes back up, like I said, this is just so basic, but such a big reminder. As a matter of fact, for me, as I kind of go through here, uh, some of the things that I'm, I'm going to work on this week, I, I got to work on this, number one, because the distractions distract me from he hearing his voice. I start thinking about other things. And, and two, I'm going to be working on, I think I put those as one and two because they're ones that I need to work on. But at the end of the day, because Samuel learned how to hear God's voice, he became one of the greatest prophets in the history. He was so solid. Here's what Jesus says to us. He's here. He's knocking. If you would just hear him, tune your ears, get to a place where you know, oh, that's the voice of the Lord. Sometimes it takes a long time. He's fine with the process. As long as once he speaks, we obey. Let me pray for us. And uh, Lord God, we, 
just are a scattered species. We get easily distracted. We get um, to places in our life where we get into a rut. We get into a routine. And Lord God, we know that that's not good for any relationship to just go through the motions. God, would you help us remove distractions? Would you show us which distractions you'd like us to remove? Would you help us to pray bold prayers? Would you help us to be honest with you? Would you help us to be around those people that are also deep into your word and listening to the spirit of God and have applied the things they've learned? Speak, because we want to listen and hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Now in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go with ears tuned to his voice and a heart ready to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we will see you next Sunday.